You're listening to a Royal Children's Hospital Education Hub podcast. Hi and welcome to the Paediatric Papers podcast. Bite-sized summaries of pivotal paediatric articles so you can consume important research on the go. I'm Jai, one of the Education Hub Fellows, and today is the 6th of July 2021. It can be hard to motivate yourself to do physical exercise, let alone trying to convince a family or a child to do as much. Today's article looks at some concrete neuroimaging evidence that shows us that increased physical activity really does come with increased mental activity. Maybe something to have in our back pockets when we're trying to explain something to a family, a concrete example of why it's important to fit in exercise to their day-to-day regimen. Please remember that the focus of these podcasts are predominantly the article's positive findings and how to use them to translate them into your practice on the day-to-day. So for a more critical analysis, I encourage you to take a look at the full written summary and resources on the Paediatric Papers website. For those who want to skip ahead, please find the timestamps below. Otherwise, let's get started. Today's article is a systematic review from uh, several multidisciplinary colleagues, most based in New South Wales and Queensland, a couple for overseas called the impact of physical activity on brain structure and function in youth a systematic review it's published in the journal of pediatrics back in 2019 and essentially looks at nine experimental studies done over the last 17 years in which functional mris were used to try and prove the effect of physical activity on brain activity in children Of these, seven were randomized control trials and two were cohort prospective studies in which children had MRI scans both pre and post exercise and these were compared over time. I think this study is an excellent show of how difficult it can be doing a systematic review of similar studies but with different outcome points and with different interventions. Um, It's worth having a little look at the discussion of this article put forward by the authors. In short, the only congruent finding between all studies was that on functional MRI, no matter what the physical activity exposure, all children and adolescents' parietal lobes behaved more maturely when doing a cognitive task after physical activity. What was trickier to discern was whether changes found across multiple studies were similar for a couple of reasons. Number one, the researchers interpreted the same findings in different studies differently. For example, some functional MRI studies found part of the cortex to light up during cognitive episodes, more so in children who had done physical activity than others. Some researchers interpreted this as a sign that the neural connections formed more strongly, more rapidly, and that meant that there was increased activity seen on these functional MRI scans, whereas other researchers decided that the very same findings were indicative of poor outcomes, that this increased physical activity showed that those neural connections hadn't matured, and in a mature brain, then they would expect reduced functional MRI findings in those areas. 
as each study had slightly different physical activity exposures for different lengths of time and their follow-up periods were different, the researchers really struggled to compare like with non-like or apples with bananas and try and draw conclusions due to the physical activity, knowing that it is likely if to have any effect at all, um, the time of exposure and the longevity of exposure to physical activity are likely to have different strengths of impact. And then finally, all the different studies had reasons to introduce different sorts of bias, selection bias, reporting bias, or attrition bias. And I recommend you have a look at the additional resources in teasing out how these three types of biases may have impacted each study. So in summary, whilst not a whole host of positive findings, this systemic review was exceptionally useful for trying to show us where the gaps in uh, literature lie and how we might go about trying to close those gaps. In particular, Elizabeth Cole, the author of this paediatric paper, identified that it would be good to measure not only these functional MRI findings, but also comparing that to the cardiorespiratory, perhaps muscular fitness of children after physical exercise interventions, trying to change the time exposure or how long children might participate in exercise in the hopes that increased time exposure might change, enhance the impact that we have um, and make things easier to delineate out. And something that's not done in any of these paediatric studies is that we know that or we suspect that physical activity might reduce the degeneration of other critical structures within the brain. Is there the potential to do a more longitudinal study to see whether or not functional MRI is a useful way to show that long-term exercising or fitness might be a good marker of maintaining good cognitive health. That's it for this week's episode of Paediatric Papers. Please give this podcast a like if you enjoyed it and leave us any comments and feedback down below. Remember, the better the feedback, the better this podcast. To get involved, please send us an email at education.hub at rch.org.au and remember to check back every Monday for a brand new episode. Stay safe, stay warm and stay away from really bad Netflix shows. Thanks for listening. Please view the description section below for more information on this topic. The Education Hub is a collaboration between the Royal Children's Hospital and the University of Melbourne Department of Paediatrics and funded by the RCH Foundation.